Super Talk Mississippi media production. I, what I think, a concept. I was going to say, we maybe should have some of those in museums now, Chuck, some of those articles back in the day. Hey, what, you go into at least some restaurants have got our stuff hanging on the walls, so if I get hungry, I just go. There's my name right there, you know? So happy to have you joining us, uh, sitting in with us um, today. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Dickie's, some of the best barbecue around. They also cater events, and we appreciate uh, Dickie's being with us this entire year. Go stop by and see your local Dickie's Barbecue. Well, the Golden Eagles fall last night to Louisiana Tech, 80-49, to and when you hear that score, um, you, you – kind of uh you know your eyes uh, open up a little bit um but kelly we were there last night golden eagles uh, at the break 31 to 24 and as jay ladner said in the post game couldn't have probably shot it as worse as you shoot it uh in the first half but you're only down seven and the golden eagles played pretty good defense in the first half yeah not, they were down seven but i mean for most of the first half barely but for most of the first half they actually led you know that game and then and then tech got unwound a little bit but you're thinking okay this is a team you, you expect, you know, Louisiana Tech's projected to finish first in the conference. This is a team you're hanging with, seven points, kind of where you'd want to be. And then in the, in the second half, it was, it was a tale, you know, of two halves. The Eagles just could not, just couldn't hit a bucket. You give 13 points up. They, Tech started on a 13 to 0 run. Um, Chuck, we were talking before uh, we came on today. Just nothing dropped for the Eagles early. You felt like they were up 6-2. to two. You felt like it could have been 12, 14, 16-2 because they missed a bunch of shots early. Well, you know, to put yourself back into the game, you've got to make some three-point shots, okay? And they went 0 for 16, okay? And uh, which, which is kind of unusual on your own floor. But, you know, uh, you know they – it's another another day they go play these guys again. Well, drain so goes drain so goes the offense and and he just just couldn't just couldn't find it last night. Louisiana night. Tech yeah. did an excellent job on the guard play. They really kept Watson and Drain out. You look at what Drain did last night, 2 for 10 from the floor. Gabe Watson 4 of 13. If the perimeter play isn't well and so what Louisiana Tech did, they just shut down the perimeter shooting. And at one point we had Kanatsik 6-7, Stevenson 6-8, uh, Jack Donmi six a nine and and we really couldn't do anything inside only 13 points in the paint and the bulldogs got a lot of second and third chances on the offensive boards they did a really good job of 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 working on the boards and we were talking with dave nitz yesterday the the play-by-play guy for la tech and he said he said if the bulldogs rebound well particularly on their offensive end they will have a much better chance of winning and that was the the big difference you know, in the second half, and Tech's a little bit you know deeper talent wise, uh, and it just but it just was one of those halves where nothing shooting wise, you know, and there'd be there'd be some shots that were three quarters of the way down, you know, and would Pop come out. back out. And Chuck, you you made a point in the, in the pre-show discussion a little bit about emotionally. You look at the score, eighty to forty-nine. If you would just give the Eagles one more point and take one less point, you know, for the. For the Bulldogs, you have a 79 to 50 score, which seems to be a little bit more digestible than 80 to 49. It's all a mental, how you look at it mentally, Kelly. But uh, I think Jay Ladner's biggest challenge today, starting today at practice, is to get these guys together and say, okay, all is not lost. Okay? This is just another building step. We've got to stay together, okay? We we got the rest of the conference schedule to look forward to. You know, it, it's not 
It's not all lost. No, it isn't. But but here's this is problematic. You go forward, you're playing La Tech Saturday back at their place. Then you're going to play UTSA, but then you have to go to UTEP. Well, UTEP is projected to be, I mean, UTEP has had a great start. The schedule's been soft, but they've had a great start. They're projected to finish second or third in the league. So you're, you're trying to, to knock off the top dogs right at the beginning of the year, which is kind of when you'd want to play them when they're really not in full stride. But you don't want to get behind that eight ball record-wise to where the guys are going, oh, my gosh, it is all lost. Because, because you of- got the next three on the road. That, that's what's difficult about it. You look at last night uh, – Several guys got in towards the end, but mainly it's it's the same rotation of about seven guys. The good stuff last night was Kanatsik was back. Uh, Jack Donamy looked like uh, he was favoring that ankle a little bit. Um, but going forward, I don't. This is one thing that really irritated me last night. I don't like Leonard Harper Baker handling the ball in the front court on 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 our inbounding side of the of the half court line because they just trapped him and he's a big dude, you know and. I, you know, I don't know. That was one thing. We had a couple steals early. Uh, we did make a couple steals early where we just, you know, missed shots. Um, I think another thing going in this year, Gabe Watson maybe was expected to do a little more of the point. Malone's had to take that over. That's forced drain to be a, at the three. Uh, LD just kind of looks – he just kind of looks out of sync. And some of that last night was the pressure – Louisiana Tech had excellent guard play last night on the defensive side. And Malone's got to be a guard. He can't play center because then he would be post-Malone. Oh, where's the where's the rim shot? Where's, you know, I, I'm glad that you guys got that reference. I'm, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. But yeah, it's uh, look again. They've won four games this year. A lot of people were projecting this Southern Miss team to be an eight to ten win season. You know, for the whole year. Uh, even even if the projections turn out to be right, you play those last four games in the pod style. You're going to pay play some of the weaker teams in Conference USA. So. Look, nothing should be a surprise at can, this point. Can we uh, mention real quickly uh, the most exciting moment of the last night, other than the alley oop? That was pretty sweet. It was uh, Jay Ladner's technical, maybe the most, maybe the most chill technical of all time that was ever given. Must have been a magic word. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask him about that because I didn't even see his lips move. Yeah, you know? he doesn't. He doesn't get very boisterous as as, as you see some of these coaches get. You know, even even Coach Turk, you remember when he used to take his jacket and off, throw that and thing, throw it. Just <laughs> yeah. throw he, it. he had his <laughs> he had his uh, his internal MK come out. There was about three calls in about a three minute span that went. He ran down the court and the jacket was coming off of Jay last night, and then he just kind of chilled. He put his hands behind his back. And uh, I didn't like it when the referee he warned him, and then the referee started lecturing him a little bit. And that's when Jay, with hands behind his back, just kind of leaned up a little bit, whispered something in the left ear of the referee, and was royally teed up. Royally teed. Well, I, I think the fact that he was lecturing him, and, and you were, this is radio, so people couldn't see, you were shaking your finger, but that's what the referee was doing, almost admonishing Jay as if he were a child. Yeah. And that would make me mad yeah. as a coach. Don't patronize me. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. You know, if you got something to say, you don't have to shake your finger at me. You don't have to rub my nose in it. You know, just say what you have to say. But, but the, the positive was, I really felt like, when La Tech, the defense that we play, and I was sitting with a buddy last night, we were analyzing it some, the defense that we play, if you, we're going to give you the three-point shot, but we're not going to give you the easy shot. And what happened was, late in the game, La Tech just started getting on fire from, but fundamentally, defensively, especially in the first half, I felt like, you know, just what we're seeing. I mean, we we held them in check. Yeah, no, they can hang. The Eagles, 
Eagles can hang, and they've proven that. You know, but but their lack of proven depth. And don't you? Hurt him in the we, I've said now. this before, though, and Chuck, you can comment on this too. Don't you just feel like he's still trying to figure out the right recipe for who who works well together on the court? I mean, they'll he bring different guys in at different times trying to figure that out. Well, but consistency is part of it too. Yeah, and he's having and he's having to do this against pretty good competition. You know, it's not like you think you, Texas Tech you, and you, Gonzaga. You know, it's not like <laughs> you know you know we're playing the little sisters of the poor and whatever. Right. You know where you try to try to. Uh, get your players to mesh together, you're having to do it against big-time opponents. Right. Okay? And and that goes back to what I said about the mental aspect of this going forward. I mean, sometimes coaches have to look at that as much as the fundamental stuff on the floor. We talked about Malone couldn't be a center <laughs> because he would be post-Malone if if Leonard Harper Baker played golf. <laughs> Would he be Leonard Harper Baker Finch? I love you, Kelly Center. You get that last one, day. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Ian Baker, I'm with you. The, the, the cool thing was in the post game, maybe the quote of the night. Jay said, "Well, we play them again Saturday, and if they're that much better than us, they can prove it then." I love that. I love that. We'll uh, we'll continue uh, talk some uh, Southern Miss bowl game against Tulane coming up on Saturday. Right after this on the Eagle Hour. New Year's Eve, Golden Eagles will return to the hardwood this coming Saturday at 4 p.m. out in Ruston, Louisiana, so you get Golden Eagle football in the morning, Golden Eagle basketball in the afternoon. Second segment of Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or always online, campusbookmark.net. Luke Kelly, Brandon Wallace, Chuck Abadie with us today, sitting in on New Year's Eve. Kelly, you you got uh you you got some stuff going on. Tonight. Oh man, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of what I'm going to wear on my way to the couch tonight. <laughs> no, 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 I actually do do have uh, big plans. The bottling company in downtown Hattiesburg is uh, hosting a fundraiser for Kids Hub, which is a great charity that helps governmental agencies uh, work with children of uh, domestic and abuse and uh, sexual trauma and things like that. We wish that organizations like this weren't necessary, but uh, since they are, uh, we need to do whatever we can to help them. So I get to emcee that big uh, New Year's Eve event downtown. I hope everybody can make it. It's the, the who's who of anyone in Hattiesburg, which I'm tickled about because usually when I host things, it's the who's that. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> rather than the who's who. So uh, that, that should be fun. And it's I just want to see if I can stay awake till midnight. I don't, you know, I don't know about you, Chuck. But uh, oh, usually about nine thirty, I'm about ready ready to pack it in. I got you. you know. I got to go home. I, well, my daughter wants to go downtown tonight. I told her I got to get home, take a nap before we do that. <laughs> That's, right. That's what I'm doing. My Labrador Retriever got me up this morning, and I never went back to sleep. So, uh, what, are you, what are you and Lauren doing? Lauren's, Lauren's working today. Okay. So we're probably just going to chill tonight, watch some football, hang out. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned your dog. Uh, something else I think people should, all across the state, this doesn't matter whether you're in Hattiesburg or not, if you're going to be lighting fireworks and stuff off tonight, leave your, your animals inside. Uh, dogs and cats freak out uh, at fireworks. And I'm telling you, the number of people who say, I lost my mm. cat on New Year's Eve or I lost my dog, they get scared and they, they have no idea what's going on. And so they flee. So just... Uh, not F-L-E-A, F-L-E-E. So keep them inside and uh, keep them away from the fireworks, and that way um, they'll be there the next day, obviously. So we got a football game Saturday, guys. Golden Eagles taking on Tulane in the Armed Forces Bowl out in Fort Worth, Texas. Golden Eagles leaving today, headed uh, to Texas today. And just kind of want to share with our, our listeners really the, the lineup for this week. I can remember these games. I, I got to be a part of four bowl games Um one in one in Houston, uh, one in New Orleans, one in Lafayette, and then of course the O three Liberty Bowl um, in Memphis. It's always a, a, a logistical nightmare day for the operations guys today because you're you, you just don't. I remember when we went to Houston, uh, we took buses, and to Jeff Bauer's credit, we took every single person on the roster, you know, on on that trip um, on a bus, and that's why we took buses and stuff. Um, everybody. Bowl games are always really, really neat. You, you get gifts. Um, you get to be a part of events. Golden Eagles will travel today, and, and every bowl game I went to and I've heard of, they'll have some type of welcome event tonight. Uh, we went to one in the, in the 2002 Houston Bowl and, and actually saw Les Miles dance. That was an interesting experience. Hey, man, we can, we can shake a leg when we need to every once in a while. But he didn't eat any grass. Um, Golden Eagles will practice tomorrow, and then they've <clears throat> they've got an event uh, tomorrow afternoon at a food bank. Uh, they'll practice Thursday, and then they uh, this was really cool. When we went to Memphis, we got to go to St. Jude's. That was a pretty cool deal. They'll go go to the Cook Children's Hospital uh, out in Fort Worth, uh, do some stuff with the Red Cross on Thursday. Then they'll have that kickoff uh, meal, and it's kind of like a banquet on Friday. And uh, then it, it's all after that thing, man. It's just like a regular game day, and it, and it is. I think it's good for the players that we're playing on Saturday. But but it's going to be ten thirty in the morning, you know. So it's going to be a real early morning for these guys on Saturday too. Even even ten thirty, we were talking in the earlier segment of basketball how things are are psychological. Well, if you're playing at eleven in the morning, that, but this is ten thirty. It's only a half an hour on the clock, but a lot more in your head. You know, it's going to be a real early morning for these guys to get up and get after it you know it's it doesn't it seem odd i mean we're sitting here on tuesday you know and we're talking about a game on my time clock is kind of messed up with that but 10 30 of course you know nfl teams look what they have to do that you know and get up you know and actually the reason that game is at 10 30 on saturday is it's the first weekend of the nfl wild card weekend games so you'll be able to get a full Feast of football, if you're into alliteration or that sport, uh, this coming Saturday. The Saints don't play until Sunday, so no reason not to be able to tune this one in. But, you know, it, it will be practically what that means is they'll they'll probably go to sleep an hour earlier on, on Friday night. Uh, lights out will be, or, or they'll do a room check then. 
But uh, we played Nebraska at 11 a.m. kick one time, and so we were wake-up call at 6. We were eating pregame meal at like 6.30. So I assume with a 10.30 kick, they're liable to be eating breakfast. They're liable to get up about 5.30, so it's a, it will be different. But looking at the green wave, they're a seven-point favorite. And I, I know, I, I mean, I try to see things with my eyes rather than my heart. And as I look at this game with my eyes rather than my heart, I still think that seven is a little bit steep for a team that lost its last, what, four or five games in a row like Tulane did. Is it just me, or what, what do you think? I think seven's a, a bit much. No, I, I think seven's a bit much, too. And, you know, for, for guys like me and you, when you look at the history of this with Tulane, it, we would have never envisioned Tulane being a seven-point favor over us. You remember back when, even when Tulane had the good – teams with with our buddy Vegas Vince you remember him and Sean King yeah, yeah, yeah and Rock Hontas remember <laughs> remember him I mean we're going I guess we're showing our age now it's back when the games were in black and white Chuck <laughs> <laughs> you know but but uh seven is a lot and, and and Tulane struggled late in the year I mean I I'm from New Orleans and I had I have a lot of relatives who went to school there they were actually really disappointed in the way they finished up the season some of it is that they played a Conference USA team, FIU. They rolled them. They beat them 42-14. Uh, the one SEC team they played, uh, they only they lost by 18 on the road at Auburn. Southern Miss played two SEC teams this year, got beat beat pretty tough. Uh, they beat Houston. They they beat Army. Uh, they got blown out by Memphis. That's kind of the the but but they they lost by three at Navy. Uh, they lost to SMU. They lost by three against Central Florida. Central Florida's already beaten the CUSA team. So some of that's common opponents. I but think. Luke Johnson, the Eagles have got to stand up and be counted for the Conference USA Western Division. The Western Division has not fared well in bowls this year. They haven't. And when you look at what Conference USA has done, thanks to Louisiana Tech and thanks to Western Kentucky yesterday, a Conference USA sits right now three and four. Um, but yeah, when you look at especially, uh, but aren't all the winners from the Eastern Division? Louisiana Tech won. Oh, that's right. That's they right. Beat, they yeah. beat Miami. But yeah. if. FAU and, uh, Western, and Kentucky. Western Kentucky, both of those. But yeah, when you when you break it down, you look at it. What I think part of the reason that line is the question is can can the nasty bunch stop Justin McMillan? Twenty two hundred yards in the air, seven hundred fifty yards on the ground. I, I was I was talking through it with a buddy um, the other day. This is the difficulty. People can throw on us, and if we do something to stop that. Justin McMillan can run on us. So I feel like Willie Fritz is going to be, who's already a dynamic running mind, I feel like he's going to put us in positions to either drop back or blitz the house. And I feel like with an athlete like McMillan, they can catch us either way. The one thing that we talked uh, to Andrew Allegretta from, from Tulane about, Chuck, and this was interesting, he talked about how McMillan is prone to make mistakes. So I think that's what's going to be going through Tim Billings' mind. You're going to have to come with pressure on, on the quarterback and force him into maybe some bad throws. But, but, if, but based on what you just said, then, do you still think that seven is a, is a lot? A seven, or, or, maybe, or maybe not? You think so, Tulane, Tulane is averaging 450 yards a game on offense. Average meaning some are higher and half are lower. Yes, but when you look at their, their schedule, what they've done this year – They've basically scored 30-plus in every game except Auburn. Every game. So you think seven is a pretty good number? I think it's a pretty good number. Uh-huh. You know, the other factor you got to look at, too, is the layoff. Okay? Who does, who does the layoff affect more? Okay? Uh, 
I think that works to our advantage. I do, too, because I, I, you I know would, the, the two lane guys are going to be sitting around their mansions being waited on by the butlers and <laughs> maids and all, all, yeah, that's all those rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it is the same for, for both teams. But, you know, Southern Miss has always had that reputation of being blue-collar, hardworking guys. Yes, you know? yes. Three games. I'm sorry. Three games they scored less than 30 points in. But but, but still, I, I, that, I think the, the key thing there is, is Justin McMillan. That's what, that's what people are looking at. Because he has the ability to hurt you with your legs, with his legs, and with his arm. But if they're averaging, what, 400 and some yards? Averaging 400 and some yards on offense, that's pretty scary. They're giving up 378, too. So Golden Eagles averaging 411, giving up 350. They're the San Diego Chargers of the late 80s. (laughs) (laughs) You remember they would win or lose games 50 to 49? So. That's a ten thirty kick, and and what you're what you're excited about if you're a a player, it's the only college football game that day, and it's on ESPN, not ESPN two, not you know not you're the show, you're the college football show that day. Yeah, but as we're go, as we're heading into a commercial break here, it is so important for both of these teams to win this game because of the way that they finished the regular season. Both of them had horrible finishes right. to the end of the year. This is not the way that you want to close the book on the 2019-2020 season going into next year because the next thing they have to go to the general public with is season ticket sales for next year. So both Tulane and Southern Miss really, really want to win this game. We'll bring you up to date with down-to-earth other Southern Miss sports information. With Luke Johnson, Chuck Abadie, I'm Kelly Sander. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. It's uh, right across the Fourth Street Bridge, which goes right over Highway 49, within a shouting distance from uh, MM Roberts Stadium. Daily lunch specials, a great place to shoot a game of pool and get caught up with all of your Golden Eagle friends. Great place to pregame. And if you're looking for something to do New Year's Day or New Year's Night, 4th Street Bar and Grill will be open for business. 4th Street Bar and Grill, big-time supporters of this program. And 4th Street Bar and Grill, where it's located, Chuck Abadie and I used to used to uh, wine and dine with uh, Native Americans and exchange wampum back. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We played many a foosball game in, in there. You remember those? And and there's still one there. <laughs> yeah, there's still a, a foosball table there. So this being the last day of the calendar year 2019, we thought we'd reflect on some of the top uh, news stories at Southern Miss this year. So we're going to work backwards, but Luke's got an interesting story about um, actually that, that broke today about the state of athletics in our country today. Kind of sad, but nonetheless. Pretty interesting uh, when you ESPN's got a story out that uh, you basically can click on your state and it tells you who the highest paid state employee is. Now you would say, well, maybe the governor or maybe this or that. Um, you know, for the longest time, the the chancery clerk in Jones County right. was one of the highest yeah. paid. Um, and uh, but if and it basically every state except I think nine, it's either a football. Or basketball collegiate coach, like for instance Mississippi right now, Governor Bryant makes one hundred and twenty-two thousand twenty dollars. 
On paper. On paper. Right. Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, they get all that other yeah. endorsements. Matt Luke, who is no longer employed but still on the payroll, is the highest paid state employee at $3.1 million a year, and he coaches for Georgia. And so I'm guessing that the man in Alabama, Mr. Saban, would be uh, – Saban top. is top in Alabama at $8.9 million, but he's not the highest paid. Dabo Sweeney, $9.3 million a year. That's about a third of the South Carolina GNP, <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't it, <laughs> in South Carolina? Yeah. So does that mean uh, Bebe Orgeron in LSU? At LSU, would he Ed be? Orgeron at $4 million is the highest paid in the state of Louisiana. California really threw me for a loop. You think about you know, how they have a propensity to blow money. Chip Kelly, $3.5 million highest paid, which means he makes more than Clay Helton. He makes more than lots of people. Uh, the states that do not include uh, coaches – uh, would be Hawaii, Alaska, Montana, North Dakota, New York, Massachusetts, Delaware, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. Basically, the entire top right of the country. Everybody all, else, all football hotbeds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going. It's going to their healthcare systems. Healthcare for all, I guess, in those parts of the parts of the country. But as we look at uh, Southern Miss headlines for the year, one that that created a lot of shockwaves. Was the was the the word had gotten out that Art Bryles, the uh, embroiled coach uh, at uh, Baylor, was uh, possibly going to be hired at at Southern Miss, and and uh, you what do you th- when, when that broke, Chuck? What what was your, what were your initial thoughts as an as an old journalism I, I, hound? I actually thought it was a a joke. I, did you? I, I I really did. I I I I didn't see that happening. Okay, I don't I don't think that would have passed muster. A lot of no, but I mean, apparently it was it was further no, along than just the talking no, stages, was, you know. It was, it was, it was, but but uh, I'm not surprised the way it turned out the way it did. Jay Ladner, of course, being hired, a, a good hometown guy, comes back home now to lead the basketball program. That was actually there's probably been few people in Southern Miss's history, Luke Johnson, that had to do more things in a short period of time than Jeremy McLean, who he himself was hired this year. Yeah, I thought that was, to, to me, that's one of the biggest stories is the hiring of Jeremy McLean. And I'll just be honest, um, I, it was surprising to me that we were able to nab him. And, uh, you know, he's coming home, which is right. good. He's coming back to the state of Mississippi, and he served here before. Um, but you look at what he did at Troy and some of the things you did, and, man, I mean, I, I salute him. Um, Jeremy, one of the things I think the biggest picture here with Jeremy McLean is he knew what he was getting into. You kind of felt like maybe John Gilbert got here and then opened up and said, oh, wow, you know. Jeremy knew exactly what he was getting into, and he and the other guys, you know, in that leadership position are willing to roll up their sleeves and get after it. One of the stories that I ranked pretty highly, and I wanted to check with you guys and your mental Rolodex as to how highly you ranked this story, was again, maybe it's just because I'm old as dirt. But I never thought that Southern Miss would ever come to a point where it would allow beer or alcohol sales of any kind at football games. I was stunned. Thought it was a great idea, but I was just stunned that it ever happened. You're nodding yes, Chuck. No, I, I, I'm I'm shocked, too. I mean, we're in the Baptist belt down here, okay? And, and f- fortunately, the outcry wasn't there right. like I thought it, it would have been. I agree with you. You know, because I mean— you remember all the the hoopla around the lottery and Powerball and all the people that were against that. 
I was expecting the same thing with the alcohol. When I first moved to Hattiesburg, the blue laws were still in effect, where you couldn't buy anything on Sunday. Nothing was open on Sunday. So if you came from a state where you used Sunday as your shopping day, had to change plans because uh, nothing was open on Sunday. So to come from blue laws to where you can buy a beer at a football game, I thought was a big jump. Concessions prices went down also, and I think that was a real win. They introduced the Seats app and – um, where people, you know, that you could actually order something, they'd bring it to your seat. So yeah, a lot of a lot of fan friendly stuff um, was there. One of the big ones for me um, this year was uh, was baseball um, because of how you finished. You go into the conference USA tournament with thirty four wins, which is less than what um, a a Scott Berry team usually does. You go thirty four and nineteen going in. What do you do? You win four in a row. You beat FAU. You beat Rice twice in the tournament and then you go down and to be honest with how some of our pitching got depleted down the stretch pretty amazing and everybody remembers it I can tell you where I was we were on vacation at the beach and I was sitting out on the beach when that fifth inning against Arizona State erupted we scored 12 runs in the fifth and just destroyed Arizona State then you're you lose to LSU then you're an elimination game against Arizona State and what do you do you come back and you pull it off again and so uh, you beat a Pac-12 team twice and you take LSU down to the wire in another elimination game. So how they finished, I, I felt, was a huge news story for 2019. Let me tell you, 40 and 21, I mean, that's 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 pretty good, okay? I mean, Scott, you know, I mean, granted, he's got his work cut out for him this spring because we lost a, lost a lot of good players. But I look back, yeah, the, the, the performance in the regional – you know, especially that second time against Arizona State, because you remember a couple of years ago we did that. We beat beat a team in the first game, and they came back and they, they beat us after we lost to the home school. I, my, Dallas Baptist that, at the Fayetteville Regional. That, that's yeah. right. That's right. And uh, but I, you know, that just. That was impressive. From a facility standpoint, uh, the new volleyball complex is scheduled to open uh, sometime very soon. Uh, be listening for news about that. Of course, the new turf going under the baseball field. Luke Johnson had an, an update on that yesterday on this program. And the city of Hattiesburg joins forces with the University of Southern Mississippi to pass legislation, as it were, to help fund renovations at Reed Green Coliseum. So Southern Miss politically active, trying to get uh, facility upgrades as quickly as they can get it done and it's interesting because all you hear is Southern Miss doesn't have any money but the buildings are going up so somebody's doing something somewhere to bring some money into the house well you know they of course the baseball most of the money for the baseball I think was private donations as I understand it but uh, the, the good thing about that turf is we won't hear the excuse in February that you know we can't play because fields are too muddy or or you know ball plugs when it hits in the outfield and stuff and you know we have turf down at pearl river community college where i work and boy you talk about nice okay it is nice to play on a facility like that and i know coach barry i think it's supposed to be and i, I didn't hear it yesterday but it's the end of January, is that right? They, well, the players report on January 15th. They started laying it yesterday, and it's usually about a two-week process. So the, the hope is by the time the guys get back that we're ready to go. Yeah, and, 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 you know, no bad bounces, okay? And, you know, it could storm two, three hours before the game, and you're still able to play. Okay, that, as, as we head to our next commercial break, guys, let me throw this question out to you. As we turn the calendar to 2020, if you had to pick one of the major sports teams at Southern Miss, 
who will be under the microscope more than any other sport this next academic year. So we're talking 2021. I would say, without a doubt. Yes. Before you say it, yes. The football team. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. This, this, year was a, this year was a disappointment. There's no other way to say it. It's a disappointment. You thought you would win at least eight games minimum. And it just didn't work out that way. So next year, with the returning players that Jay Hobson has, are you are we are you saying eight nine next year? Eight or nine wins next year? If Quez Watkins doesn't declare early, which there's still some doubt out there, and and Quez, if as you are listening to the Eagle Hour on your way to Fort Worth, stay, brother, stay. <laughs> but you, you, if if he's if he stays behind with Jack being a senior, and you got Robinson coming in, you got Brownlee coming in, you got some more guys coming in. Yeah, you're going to have to replace people in, in on defense. DQ Thomas is gone, some of those others. But Drake Dorbeck, got to replace that. But yeah, I mean, how can... When you look at Conference USA, how can you not win eight games? I'm going to have to next year. I guess this, the panel here is kind of, of a consensus. The football team will be the one under the microscope, the one most under the microscope next year. We've got another segment of the Eagle Hour that will be front and center. After we take this commercial break, you're listening to the Eagle Hour on our Super Talk Mississippi network of stations. To the top. We welcome Toyota of Hattiesburg as a guest sponsor on our program with their beautiful new facility on Highway 98, not very far here from our uh, studios in the Oak Grove area. Full selection of uh, brand new Toyotas and pre-owned vehicles. They're ready to make you a deal on the 2019s because they've got to make room for the 2020s. Stop by. Toyota of Hattiesburg. You can contact them online where you can actually chat with somebody online or call them at 544-9630. That's 601-544-9630. Buy a Toyota and chances are you won't need to buy another one for about 22 years. (laughs) I mean, they just just go and go and go. I'm really not laughing at you, Kelly. I'm laughing at the names of these bowl games that we are about to pick. Is the Sarsaparilla one or the Gasparilla? Has that already no, been played? The San Diego County uh, Credit Union has already happened. So. Oh, it has. Okay, that's the biggie. <laughs> but um, the game that is underway, we got eight to pick. There's, there's already one that, that's in the fourth quarter, the Belk Bowl, which is a pretty sweet bowl. Logan Cook told me when he played at Mississippi State, you know, they got like a $500 shopping spree like each player did to go to Belk. Well, and yeah, I, it's one of the bowl gifts. And I like Belk because they have a big and tall department. Thank you very much. <laughs> Virginia Tech is leading Kentucky 30-24 to 24, uh, in the Belk Bowl right now with Virginia, 12 minutes going Virginia forth. Tech, a former conference uh, foe of Southern Miss <laughs> oh, back yes. in the Metro. Here's the one I was laughing about just underway, and we'll pick this one because it's, it's uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Where you hope that both teams play great. <laughs> Florida State, Arizona State. Who you got, Chuck? I like Arizona State. I do too. I, they got the magic weapon on that team. 
coaching the offense. Marvin Lewis, baby. Marvin Lewis, that's right. <laughs> it's like the it, it's like the Cincinnati Bengals all to get back together again, right? Yeah, they might be able to win a college yeah. game. Yeah. I'm going Arizona State. He got Kelly. Yeah, me too. I yeah, like Arizona Kelly. State's up three to nothing with four minutes to go in the first. Um, later this afternoon at two forty five, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Navy and Kansas State. Oh my goodness. I, I I don't really have a, a a way to go there. I would like to see Navy win. Well, I'm t- I'm taking Kansas State. <laughs> Support our troops. Yes, you know. Malcolm Perry. Uh, I think he'll run pretty good. Kansas State. That's going to be a close one. Navy's only a one and a half point favorite in that. Uh, later today at three thirty, Wyoming and Georgia State in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Boy, I'm I'm excited <laughs> about that one. Okay, all right, Georgia State. I mean, I'm I'm a bit shocked. The Panthers, you know, but but I, you know, Wyoming, a little more established. I'm going to go with them. A school that Jeff Bauer had a chance to go to That's at right. one time, he, right? He did, but he uh, did. but told Wyoming he was staying at Southern Miss. I will take the Panthers to beat the Cowboys. Wyoming beat Missouri, I think, to to start off this season. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Cowboys out in in Tucson. The nightcap at 6:30 tonight. The Valero Alamo Bowl, Utah and Texas. I'm I'm all for Utah. I don't even care if Texas is any good. I'm just don't like Texas. Okay, I would I, I would like to see Utah win this. So game. you like the Utes? I like the Utes. Well, as they said in uh, my cousin Vinny, what's a Ute? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the Longhorns. Frank Caliendo one time was impersonating George W. Bush. I won't try to do that, but he said, you know, don't mess with Texas. Well, Utah is going to mess with them <laughs> today. You like so, the Utes? I like the uh, the Utes. So. New Year's Eve, uh, you've got four games. Tomorrow, you got uh, four games also on New Year's Day, starting at 12 uh, noon. This one on paper looks intriguing. I don't think it will be when it actually gets played. Outback Bowl, Minnesota, the Fighting Flex against uh, Auburn. Auburn, I, you know, I know the, the record may not show it. Great schedule they've played this year. I, You know, I... I don't see them having a problem here. Yeah, I was going to say the Gophers had a great year for them, uh, but it's it's going to have to be more than one year to prove it to me. I'll take Auburn. Auburn's only Auburn's losses: Georgia, LSU, and Florida. And um, you know, some people thought they could have won uh, one more of those, but yeah, I, th- I think Auburn's going to take care of it. It'll be pretty convincing um, for Gus Malzahn's squad. Uh, also at noon, the Citrus Bowl, Michigan and Alabama. I just don't think Michigan. Is there? Uh, you know, I I know they're close, and they won a couple of big games this year. But you know, Saban, he has a knack for getting him up for bowls. Well, and if he's going to be the highest paid employee of Alabama, <laughs> he better win. I'll take uh, the elephants. Yeah, I, Alabama will run away with it, literally. Uh, Four p.m. The Rose Bowl game presented by Northwestern Mutual, Oregon, and Wisconsin. I'm a Wisconsin fan. I like the way they play late in the year. Okay, I like the Badgers too. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I just I just think they're they're better. You know, Wisconsin is uh, is more physical. Oregon upset Utah. I think the Ducks got a little momo. I'm gonna go with the Ducks. And then the nightcap, seven forty five, Georgia and Baylor in the Allstate Sugar Bowl. I don't I don't have a whole lot of interest. Georgia, in I know Georgia's a lot of they have a lot of players that are not playing. Right? I mean, you know, and. Uh, uh, I, I, I like Baylor. All right. I'm taking Georgia. I would love to see Baylor win this one. I think Georgia will. You know, and there's one bowl game that didn't get listed. What the NCAA did was they found the two tallest teams on average 
in the NCAA, and they're playing in an obscure bowl called the Minute Bowl. <laughs> So good. Oh, yeah. We're throwing out all kinds of references today. <laughs> That's right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening to us. 2019 has been a great year. The next time you uh, hear from us, it will be 2020. Probably take us into February to get that situated. But Kelly Sander, Happy New Year. Chuck Abity, Happy New Year. Thanks for sitting in with us today. I've man. enjoyed it. Kelly, Happy hold New it, Year, brother. Hold it down tonight, okay? Yeah, we'll be surprised if they listen to us after that minute bowl joke. <laughs> we'll catch you on Thursday. No show tomorrow. Have a happy new year. Enjoy it. We'll catch you again on the Eagle Hour. And as always, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.